Last week we did a poll when we started out our service and I asked how many people in this building intended to commit adultery? How many people planned to cheat on their spouse? And so just as a review, let me see how many of you plan to cheat on your spouse? If you're married, you plan to cheat. Okay, those of you who are going to be married someday, hope to be married someday, how many of you are going to cheat? No one. Okay. So national statistics say that more than five out of 10 men will cheat sometime in their lifetime and more than four out of 10 women will cheat in their lifetime. But we've discovered last week and this week that it's zero out of 10 at New Life Community Church. Woo! Right now, I fully support that lofty goal. But if we're going to achieve that, if we're going to have zero out of 10 cheat on their spouses, then we've got to figure out what the enemy's plan is. And he's so predictable. He uses the same plan over and over again. Step one, this is on your listening guide, he's going to try to lure you from God's path. Very first thing he's going to do, he's going to try to get you away from God's path. He's going to say, um, don't buy into, into any of that old-fashioned, no sex before marriage stuff. Don't buy into the religion thing. All of that's overrated and outdated. You are in charge. And he'll say, how, how many people would buy a car without test driving it first? You need to live a little. This is what Satan tells you about premarital sex. Or he'll tell you that you should satisfy a God-given desire in a God-forbidden way. He'll tell you to check out pornography. He'll tell you to use all these different things. And, and then he'll say, hello? Oh, does anybody need a listening guide? Everybody got one? Okay. Oh, wait. Hands up. There we go. Man, I was all into it. Huh? What? And he told, I told him to wave at me. So he'll say, what he'll try to do is he'll try to blame God for these desires that you have. And he'll say, after all, it's God's fault that you have these desires. So he won't mind if you indulge just a little bit in some of these things that are forbidden. Well, I want you to watch Satan in action. We actually have some video of Satan in action. Here's the first one today. Big day tonight. You excited? I'm excited. I don't know. All right, I know you're worried because he's not a believer or whatever, but we've been over this before. I mean, you can change him, right? I mean, you can be a good influence. I mean, he needs somebody like you in his life. Steps to a successful night. This is just from me personally, me to you. Lots of alcohol. Get that going first, all right? Make sure you pack condoms. Do you have any of those? Do I need to? I can pick one up. You're never going to get everything you want in a guy. And he's a pretty good guy, right? I mean, he's cute. <laughs> I mean, I don't swing that way, but if I did... I mean, I would, if you know what I'm saying. Cologne, cologne. All right, you got up here. Lower, lower. Yeah, you don't know where this thing's going to end up, man. There you go. Yeah, lower. There you go. Absolutely. I mean, what if the shirt comes up? I mean, you've seen the TV shows. That stuff gets crazy at night. Do any of that, like, white, shimmery lip gloss? Because that gets guys every time. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe just a little more. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not telling you to try to look easy. But, I mean, you want it to look as easy as it can be, right? I mean, you don't want it to make it hard, definitely. All right, so Satan is going to come to you and he's going to try to get you off of God's path. Whatever he has to use, he's going to try to do that. Second step on his plan, his three-step plan, is to train you for divorce. Long before you've ever dreamed of getting married, Satan is going to try to get you to do these steps to practice so that you are ready to divorce when it's that time. 
All he has to do is get you off the first step, off of God's path, and then the second step becomes easier. Then the third step becomes easier. And all, all he's trying to do is get you away from God and train you for divorce. Number three, third step is he wants to rob you of all hope. Jesus describes him as the evil one. The Bible tells us he's the evil one, and his job description is to mess you up as much as you will allow him to mess you up. But his goal is not just to mess you up. He wants to impact your children, their children, their children. He wants to mess up as many generations as possible. And he does that by robbing you of, uh, of hope. Now, while he gets you on the path to divorce, there are some things that he definitely does not want you to know about sex and marriage. Singles in particular today. Satan does not want you to realize this. Number one, he doesn't want you to know that today affects tomorrow. Today affects tomorrow. In other words, there are consequences for our actions. How many of you see consequences on a regular basis on TV shows or on the movie? You see the consequences? No, you don't see any of that stuff. Usually, all you see is the great stuff about friends with benefits and all of that trash. And how you can have casual sex. There's no such thing as casual sex. But that's what he wants you to believe. Satan says you can do whatever you want. You can jump from bed to bed to bed, from relationship to relationship, and it's not going to hurt you. If that were true, there'd be no need for counselors today. Counselors' offices would be empty, and there wouldn't, it wouldn't be the fastest growing study in seminaries and colleges. But evidently, there's something going on that we're not following God's path, and so we need a whole lot of counselors today. Here's what the Bible has to say about it in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Don't be misled. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. A man will always reap just the kind of crop he sows. So if you sow seeds of wickedness, what can you expect to reap? What kind of harvest? Wickedness. If you sow seeds of disobedience, you are going to reap disobedience crops. Verse 8. If he sows to please his own wrong desires, he will be planting seeds of evil and he will surely reap a harvest of spiritual decay and death. But if he plants the good things of the Spirit, he will reap the everlasting life that the Holy Spirit gives him. Satan says you can have sex without consequences as long as you don't get pregnant or as long as you don't get someone else pregnant. But what Satan never tells you is there's no such thing as a condom that fits over your heart that will protect you from the emotional distress, the psychological distress, because sex is so much more than physical. There's emotional consequences. There are mental consequences, spiritual consequences. We said this a couple of weeks ago. Sex is sticky. It unites, it bonds, it fuses, and it's designed by God between one man, one woman for a lifetime to bond them together. Now, actions, even small ones, have very real consequences. And a lot of people say, oh, just a little doesn't matter. Just, just a little bit of evil, just a little bit of sex, just a little bit doesn't matter. And I read about this teenager who wanted to go see uh, an R-rated movie. And by the way, R-rated movies nowadays are much worse than they were back in the day. They were bad back in the day, but they're worse now. And so he was arguing with his parents who were Christians. And he said, mom, I want to go to this movie. And she says, what's it rated? He says, R. And he says, but there's only a little bit of nudity. There's only a little bit of cussing. It, it's okay, mom. I, I'll be all right. And so she said, well, let me think about it. Next day, she says to him, okay, you can go to this movie if you'll eat one of your favorite cookies. He's like, sure. She said, I made them especially for today and especially for you. All the finest, freshest ingredients, including just a little bit of dog poop. 
if you'll eat this cookie, you can go see your movie. Well, he wanted to puke. Because evidently just a little bit of something really bad turned his stomach. And you, you can make the application there. The Bible says it this way. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Not even a hint of what? Sexual immorality. Let's say not even a hint of what? Sexual immorality. Okay, well, let's define that. We did this a couple weeks ago, but this is so important. The Greek word comes from the word pornea. Not even a hint of pornea. Well, what's that? You recognize it. Pornography. There must not even be a hint of this. Well, what is pornea? We defined this, but let's go over it again. It's any illicit sexual sexual activity, including adultery, incest, premarital sex, or any extramarital sexual arousal. That's not even a hint because a little bit affects tomorrow. That means not watching a show that has just a little bit of stuff in it. Not reading the magazine that talks about 83 ways to drive your boyfriend crazy in bed. No driving by the billboards and going, oh, baby. None of that stuff. No double entendres. When you say something, but it has a sexual meaning. And then you think you're so clever because you hid your sexual meaning. No sexually explicit talk. No sexual jokes. Not even a little bit. Why? Because a little bit today will affect your tomorrow. Most of you know my wife's name is Janie. And uh, most Sundays, Janie's back in the children's area. And we've been married 20 years this May. And part of the reason we went on this cruise a couple weeks ago was to celebrate our 20th anniversary along with my parents' 65th anniversary. And I fully intend to match those 65 years someday if God leaves me here that long. But let's say, let's just say we could have, you know, a hidden camera like Leno used to do and some of those guys, and we could go back into the children's area. We would play a reality TV type game, and it would be called, What's She Gonna Say? All right? You can see it coming up. That wasn't a very good graphic. I did that graphic. What's she gonna say? All right. Here's the scenario, and this is where you get to play along. We're going to take a scenario back to my wife in the children's area and, and I'm going to tell you that scenario ahead of time and you're going to get to guess what her response is. And I'll even give you a multiple choice chance at what she's going to respond. Scenario one, Janie leaves town and the kids are at, at, with the kids for the weekend. And I say to her, honey, do you mind if I have another girl over so, just for some wild, passionate sex while you're gone? Just going to live it up while you're gone. Janie would answer, A, oh, honey. You know I love you. Live it up. Or B, hell hath no fury like a Janie scorned. How many of you going for B there? All right, okay. Scenario two. Assuming, what's she going to say? Assuming that she says no to that one. Scenario two. What if I have a girl over and we don't have sex? What if... Technically, we don't cross the line into sex, but we get naked and play doctor. We won't go all the way, I promise. What's she going to say? A, oh, honey, if you're not going to go all the way and have sex, just fooling around no big deal. Or B, hell hath no fury like a Janie scorn. All right, you got that one. Assuming she says no to that, scenario number three, what's she going to say? What if I just want to have a girl over... 
and the clothes will never come off, but we're going to get in bed together and we're going to cuddle and we're going to snuggle all night long and caress one another, but it's all with the clothes on. What's she going to say? A, snuggling's not so bad. B, how stupid are you? And I didn't put this one on there, but I thought about it later. Or C, how many appendages would you like removed from your body? I read all these to her and she chose the appendage one. Um, now, why would you, why would Janie think those things were inappropriate for me? Well, number one, the Bible says that we are to honor the marriage. We're supposed to honor marriage. That means if you're married, then you honor marriage. And if you're unmarried, then you honor marriage. The Bible also says that we're to keep the marriage bed pure. And so if you are thinking about this, I think you would say, um, Doug, those are intimate acts that should be reserved for marriage. And I'd say, fair enough. So what you're saying then um, is that those are intimate acts that should only be carried out between a husband and a wife. So it would be unfair of me to practice those things outside of marriage. Am I, am I on the right track here? Everybody agree? It would be unfair of me as a married man to partake in anything that's intimate with another woman that's not my wife. Everybody agree? Everybody agree? If it is right for me not to do those things, why is it right for you to do it? Singles. You have a different standard for me than you do for yourself. That's convenient. Bible says no pornea. We don't need to go through the list, but let's just say this. No extramarital sexual arousal. That means my option from this day forward is Janie Washburn. Her option is me. Nothing else. If I want to experience God's best. Because our actions today affect tomorrow. You cannot jump from bed to bed and sexual encounter to sexual encounter and experience all of that stuff, then walk into marriage and think you're going to be honest and faithful and loving and supportive what you're going to do is you're going to load up a whole boatload of crap and you're going to carry it right into your new marriage. And last I checked, crap does not help the marriage succeed. Right? You want manure in your house? You want manure in your bed? That's what all of these things will do for your future marriage, according to God's word. Your spiritual enemy is trying to lure you as far from God's path as possible and then he's going to train you to divorce. Do you know how he does that? How he trains you to, to divorce? He desensitizes you over time. Watch a little TV. Watch a little Desperate Housewives. Watch a little Grey's Anatomy, Real World, Modern Family. And what will you see? You'll see people pretending to be married who aren't married. You'll see them doing married things. You'll see them have sex with a whole bunch of people. Spend the night, go on weekend trips, basically playhouse, pretending to be married. Without the ceremony and without the commitment, by the way, without the ring. They're pretending to be married. Do married things. And what is the evil one doing? As, as you're watching that, as they are participating in married things when they're not married, very slowly he's undermining the meaning of marriage. He's desensitizing everybody who watches and everybody around to the idea of marriage. You do married things. You've got your drawer and she's got her drawer. And then when you break up, it's like a divorce because you've had sex and you were supposed to be bonded by that sex. You are. And now you try to break up as friends and you can't because there is no such thing as casual sex ever. 
you can't be friends because you've, pro- you've crossed the friend's line. So what you're doing is you're practicing marriage, even though you're not married, and then you're practicing divorce when things get rough because you've already done the stuff. And then you wonder why. We wonder why. When people get married today and things get tough, the first thing that crosses most people's mind is, I'm going to get a divorce. I'm going to run for the door. And all of their friends say, dude, that's not what it's about. You need to get out of that. How can you put up with that? And we practice divorce because that's what we've been doing for years. And Satan smiles. The evil one has been setting you up for divorce from the very first time he got you off of God's path. He's, he's setting you, training you for a failed marriage. Well, here's Satan again in action. If this thing works out, you can just move in with her. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she's got a nice place. You guys could be together, just spending the night all the time. You got to take risks, right? If you haven't taken risks, you haven't lived. Maybe he's not the greatest guy ever. We'll try it out. We'll try some sex, see if it's good. Break up if it's not good. Move to the next one. The next one will be even better. You gotta show your independence. Pink cups, you're halfway there to like moving in, man. You're already drinking out of pink cups, you might as well move in. That's what I'm saying. You're a heartbreaker. Diva. You got that on your trapper keeper. I wanna sex you up. Girls love that. Chicks love that, I'm telling you. Here's the deal. You need to know some lines, these are important, all right? Put your hand right here. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, now I want you to look me in the eyes and tell me I'm never gonna leave you. Tell me I'm never gonna leave you. See, that gets him every time. And so you have some sex, you mess around, maybe he's not good, you break up with him. We've been down this road before. Independent woman, throw your hands up at me. Holla! Now you need to give the line of, uh, not you, it's me. It's not you, it's me. Didn't believe it. Come on now, it's gotta be in the eyes. <sighs> it's not you, it's me. See, you broke my heart. You broke my heart. That's what I'm talking about. Now there's a second thing that Satan does not want singles to know about sex and marriage. And that's this. Marriage is a covenant, not a contract. A covenant, not a contract. And this comes from Genesis chapter 2, 24. This is the very first marriage in recorded history. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. A contract is, is an agreement between two people. A covenant is when two people become one. And there's a big difference there. They leave father and mother and they're united. The Hebrew word is translated dabak. And it's this word that literally means to cling, to adhere to one another. Sex is sticky. It's designed by your creator that way to stick you, to bond you to another person. It's the blending of souls. It's more than physical. It's emotional. It's spiritual. You unite. In marriage, two become one flesh and they are never, ever intended to separate. Now, a covenant, let's define it, is an unconditional surrendering of your rights while increasing your responsibility. Surrendering of your rights while increasing your responsibility. When Janie and I got married almost 20 years ago, it was unconditional. It wasn't, well, if you do this, we're going to stay married. It was one of us has to die to get out of this thing. In fact, part of the reason I was 26 was because I did not want to be another statistic. Before I got married, I said, I want the right girl. And so I looked her in the eye and I said, I will never leave you. I hope that's okay with you. She said, that's what I want too. We did not want to be a statistic. One of us has to die. I promised God and Janie that I would never quit. And see, here's the thing. I don't get to do all the things I used to do. Neither does she. And it's okay. 
And on top of that, I, I don't get to do some of the things I used to do. But on top of that, it increased my responsibility. God's called me to be the spiritual leader of the home, the provider with God's help, the protector of my family, the nurturer, the leader in my family. That's a ton of responsibility. When Janie said yes to me, she said we had already talked about this. She was going to stay home. We'd already talked about homeschooling kids. So she becomes the mother, the nurturer of three children. She homeschools those three children. She takes care of the house. She provides for me. She is my rescuer for my aloneness, my completer that God designed her to be. That's a huge amount of responsibility. So a, a covenant is surrendering my rights. I don't get to stomp my feet and say... I need this. I surrender those rights and I increase my responsibility in a covenant relationship. Now, a contract, you all know what a contract is. Let's say you're going to go try to rent a house or an apartment. The owner of that house or that apartment is going to ask you to sign a contract. Why? He's trying to cover his backside. He's trying to list up front what he expects you to do. If you do this, you're okay. If you don't do this, then you're in trouble and the owner can go after you for money or he can even kick you out of his house. It's a contract between two parties. Satan wants you to believe that marriage is a contract, not a covenant. Here's what a contract is. A contract is a conditional agreement protecting your rights and limiting your responsibilities. Protecting your rights and limiting your responsibilities. It's a conditional agreement. If you don't do this, deal's off. This is all I'm going to bring to the table, not a penny more, nothing more. And we define it up front, and that's what a lot of people wrongly believe that marriage is today. I'm going to do this. If you don't do this, the deal's over. I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain, but if you don't make me, ha make me happy, the deal is old, over. It's not a meeting of needs. It's not a caring about the other person. It's if this doesn't happen, we are, I'm out of here. We're going to break this thing off, and I'm going to go somewhere else. And see, the problem is so many people have been pretending to be married before they're actually married. And then when things get rough, they just do what they practiced for years. They practice divorce. Marriage was God's idea. He thought it up. Sex was God's idea. He thought it up. Satan has spent eternity since he's been kicked out of heaven trying to destroy the things that are nearest to the heart of God. And one of the things that is nearest to God's heart is marriage and sexual purity. I want you to notice how Satan treats you in this next video after things fall apart. All right, so there's another failure. What do we need to do? Did you hear that um, Angela just got engaged? Yeah, so... I think you're the last one from college that's not married. That's gotta suck. This is ridiculous. How many times am I going to invest in you, spend time giving you all my tips, we even sprayed cologne in all the right places, and you can't close the deal? You gotta be kidding me. You're obviously not good enough in bed for a guy. Maybe you've got more of a feminine touch or something. That's just an idea. You played pussycat dolls in your car, didn't you? Yeah, and that didn't work, did it? You don't have what it takes, man. I mean, relationship after relationship after relationship. Now, you're going to be lonely for, like, the rest of your life if you don't figure this out. All right, we're still going to have a happy ending. Channel 2, got some porn on for you.
finish this thing out by yourself, all right? And just imagine you could have been doing this tonight, all right? I set you up perfect. Ugh. So have fun. You've always got this for the rest of your life, right? Our enemy is so predictable. He always follows the same pattern. And every time he gets you off of God's path, then he turns on you every time. And one of the greatest weapons he'll use to rob you of hope is to tell you that God's not going to come through for you. So he desperately doesn't want you to know this last thing about God. God can be trusted. Always he can be trusted. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. I want you to look at just that sentence there. How many times has relying on what you think you know led you down the right path? How many times has relying on what you think you know led you down the wrong path? Mm -hmm. Remember the Lord in everything you do and He will show you the right path. Okay, ladies, let's say that um, you're going to go to somebody new to get your hair cut. You go to this person, you say, here's what I want. And they totally jack up your head of hair. So bad that for three months, you won't even come out of the house because it's so embarrassing. If somebody totally went against your wishes and totally jacked up your hair, ladies, would you go back to them again? Do you get a second chance with a head of hair? I wouldn't know, but you would know, right? Would you go back to them? Now, a bad haircut is embarrassing. But it's not nearly as bad as what a lot of you do in dating. You'll constantly go back to a guy who abuses you and leads you intentionally away from the things of God. He's not following Christ and he's leading you away. You'll go back to him and, and I'm just going, dude, that's so much more embarrassing. Just because your hair's jacked up, it grows back in most cases. But if, if Satan can get you to go back to the wrong guy over and over, he has, the, he has the potential to destroy the next 60 to 70 years or however long you're on this planet and to mess up your children all because you keep going back to the, the guy that's not right for you. Now, guys, you don't care about hair. At least those of you who do, that's a whole other set of issues. That's another topic we'll cover another day. Just hang with me here. Um, guys like dogs. And I'm, and I'm not talking about, you know, those tiny dogs or the faux dogs with the little, beep, 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 you know, those little, I'm not talking about that. Dudes like a dog that when it barks, it would stop a burglar in its tracks. That's a dog. I like dogs like that. Now, let's say that you decide you want a dog. And so you go to um, the, the, the pound, you go to the animal control and you're going to get this dog and you're walking through and you see this hoss of a dog. You're not sure if he's horse or dog. But he's big. And you go over and you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this dog out. And you stick your hand in to pet the dog. And he rips off a couple of fingers. <sighs> Blood everywhere. you got to go to the emergency room. you got to have stitches. You're hoping to get the, 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 the fingers out of his mouth so that you can have them reapplied. Now, would you then go back to the pound and go, Hello, my little doggy walkie daddy loves you. You know he does. No self-respecting dude is going to allow something to bite and abuse him over and over again. No self-respecting dude is going to do that. But I have friends who will go back to a woman 
who rips out their heart, stomps on it over and over again, cheats on them, and then says she's going to do better. I don't understand that. I've never understood the mindset that says, God is big enough to save my soul for eternity, but God is not big enough to bring me the right spouse. That doesn't compute in my mind. We go off and try to find things on our own and we mess up on our own and then we wonder why God didn't lead us. We didn't listen to God. We didn't wait for God. Here's what Satan desperately doesn't want. Satan knows this next verse. That's why he doesn't want you to know it. He doesn't want you to trust God because here's what Satan knows. Ephesians 3.20 Now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, and hopes. Okay, those of you who know my wife, I, was, I, was, I wrote this down this morning as I was going back through this. Would you say that Janie is infinitely beyond my highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes? Yes. She's more than I dreamed she would be. And God's promise to you is that He will bring something or someone into your life infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. That doesn't sound like settling for second best to me. So many unmarried folks, you're starting to feel a little desperate, like you may never find that person. And so you give up the dream of ever having a great marriage. Any marriage will do. I got to tell you, the loneliest people I encounter are married people whose spouses don't like them. It's better to be alone and single than married and single. You understand what I'm saying? You've given up hope. Maybe you need to come back to God today. And admit some things to him today. Some of you are married and you're thinking, man, I don't have any hope of a great marriage. I've actually heard of people saying, I don't believe in divorce. So my only hope is that my spouse will die someday. So I can get out. I'm being dead serious. So I can get out of this because I've got no hope of having a great marriage. It's more common than you would think. Maybe you need to admit to God today that you need some hope in Him. Some of you, you've given up hope in other reasons. Maybe you were burned by someone who called themselves a Christian. You thought, man, if I can't trust believers, how can I trust the God that they say they serve? A lot of you, we could, we could stand up and have testimonies right now. A lot of you left other churches. A lot of you were out of church 10, 15, 20 years because somebody let you down. Wasn't God. It was somebody who said they would follow God. And instead of looking to Him, you looked to them and, and you were hurt. And I understand the hurt. And I understand, man, Christians can be just as much punks as non Christians. Christians mess. We're imperfect people here. And by the way, if you come and join our church, this is a guarantee. You don't hear this very often. This is a guarantee. Somebody somewhere in this church is going to hurt you. Because we are sinful people. We're jacked up people trying to follow a perfect God. And we mess up. And there's people 
here that I have hurt. Not intentionally. But if we don't learn to forgive one another and be restored, which is the whole purpose of God coming. God said, I am going to reconcile you to me through Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to give you the job of reconciling other people to yourselves and to God. We don't like to hear that message because it's work to reconcile. But Jesus said, that's how people will know that you're truly my followers is if you love one another enough to reconcile when you mess each other up. Some of you, you need a miracle. You've lost hope because maybe you need some kind of physical healing in your family. Maybe you need it yourself and you've lost hope because you've done the prayer thing and nothing happens. You say, I'm just not going there anymore because I can't trust God. That's what Satan wants you to believe. And so I don't think anybody is here by accident today. I think that God drew this crowd together today because some of you need to come clean. Some of you need to say, my hope in God is not what it used to be. My faith in God is not what I want it to be. I have strayed from him and I need to come back. Some of you need to say, I put my hope in people and people let me down. There was this pastor that, yep. And he hurt me, yep. But that wasn't God through that person hurting you. That was that person off the path of God hurting you. And you need to come clean today and say, man, I I just don't know about this church thing. I don't know if I can open up my heart again. Some of you have never given your life to Christ And you're getting real nervous right now. But maybe you need to say, I've been doing it my way long enough and I'm tired of it because it is a hopeless path. And maybe today you need to just say, I want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And some of you today, you need physical healing for you or somebody in your family. And you need to come clean and say, I need that. All right, I've just described four different scenarios about hope. If you need hope today, now's the time. Put your hand up. I love you guys. Because you're honest. Let's pray together. God, I, uh, I thank you that on that Sunday morning when all of Christ's followers ran to the tomb, they found it empty. And a new source of hope was born that day, such as the world had never experienced before. Hope for forgiveness of sins. Hope for reconciliation with a perfect God by imperfect sinners. Hope for marriages. Hope for healing. If not in this life, perfect healing someday in the next life with you. God, I thank you for these folks who were willing to raise their hands today and just be honest. God, we need you to build our hope. Because sometimes the world we live in sucks. We don't like waking up day after day 
in those situations. So, Father, you saw the hands that were raised today. And I pray, God, that you would touch those people, touch those marriages, touch those lives. And I pray, God, that you would bring some new people into your kingdom right now. Now, with you still, heads bowed and nobody looking around, I'm just going to tell you very quickly how you can move into the family of God today and be adopted, forgiven of your sins. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of God's glory. But it says, if we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved for eternity. So if you've never done that, I'm just going to challenge you to say this quietly in your mind. God, I know I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness from that sin. I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe you raised him from the dead so that I could be adopted into your family. Change me into the man or woman that you want me to be. And nobody looking around, unless you just prayed that. If you just prayed that prayer, would you just look up and make eye contact with me just for a second? Thank you. God, you tell us that the angels in heaven rejoice when one lost sinner comes to you. There must be some rejoicing right now. We praise you that no matter where we are in life, you will provide hope if we will simply turn to you and get on your path. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, I think, I think we need to do a little celebrating with the angels in heaven. Come on now, celebrate. Uh, I get a little emotional when I think about um, someone's eternity being changed. And uh, if you prayed that for the first time today, I want you to write that on the back of your card, first time. Um, and I want to talk to you further in the weeks ahead.